time? June 2015. That's not a time. <laughs> that is a time. It's a place in time. That's a date. It's a date. <laughs> but I feel like date is a measure it is of time. A time. It's a measure is it not? Of time. Yeah, they say date and time. <laughs> Yeah, but, but yeah, we could put it all under. It I think it. I think time inherits. Because if I say, because if I say, I'm trying to this, help Ronald here. This John. was recorded two years ago. Like that's not now time. Well, no, but if you say <laughs> that, that's not now time, that's not now time. So you're saying this this podcast is set. We are loopy tonight. You're saying this podcast is set in now times. Now, now times. times. Well, let's give people a timestamp. This is exciting because this episode will actually... This is what passes for exciting in our world. <laughs> this episode will post tomorrow, pr- probably relatively early. It is 7.55 p.m. on Thursday the 18th. Exclusive. So people on the 19th... Eastern Standard Time. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's just, come on. <laughs> let's get, let's yes. get granular yes. here. Right. <laughs> not, I don't want you to confuse any other time zone. But um, yeah, so this is this is a rare occasion where we're we're talking. Where it's up to the minute. People on the nineteenth, they're not missing that much in our lives. Mm-hmm. They're hearing this is pretty close to real time. And then the right. next episode will be, you know, a different time. And we have yacht, some new reviews. Yacht, right? It'll be set in the then times. Yeah, <laughs> we have new reviews too. We've got. I think we've got lots of new stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we're, we're we're actually it's it's lined up pretty this nicely. Is good. There's a couple of movies we can talk about that are fresh. So what is the name of this podcast? Movie Shmovie. And you are. Ronald and and you are. <laughs> I am not you. Yeah. I am Steve, and you are. And I am you, and you are we, and you are me, and we are all together. <laughs> we are together. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I got the line right, but uh, you are the walrus. Cuckoo choo. Yeah, cuckoo A common misconception that it's cuckoo kachu. What is it? Goo goo Really? Goo 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 Well, thank you, John. I, whenever I think about that song, I think about uh, Bono now. Oh, don't! <laughs> because, because of the fucking uh, because of the the musical movie across the universe. Yeah, that was Bono, right? <laughs> yep, that was Bono. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was Bono. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like Bono has like a real like you hear him and you really love him, or you're like fuck that guy. I don't know. It's I, I, very in, very like. I think that you, he splits you, the room. If you heard someone talking about how great Bono was, you would want to say, "Nah, he's not that great." But if you heard people <laughs> kicking him, you'd want to say, "Come on, he's Bono." You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like I don't know. He's he's earned the right. He's there. He's in that weird place. Yeah. But I'm John. Uh, just to answer your question, Steve, <laughs> and I think uh, this is episode one thirty six. Yeah, one thirty six of Movie Schmovie. It's a lot. We're in deep. We're in deep, and that's why we were so sloppy on the on the. I like it on the mount. I like it. I know you can be sloppy on the dismount. Can <laughs> you be sloppy on the mount? I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. That sounds like if it. You tried yeah. hard enough. This feels like uh, that movie. That we're, we're riding the plane upside down in order to land it. I'll just it go on like uh, Google and I'll put in a search for sloppy on the mount videos and just see what comes up. It'll be good, I'm sure. I'm actually going to do that. <laughs> sloppy on the mount. Sloppy on the mount. It'll be a bunch of equestrian videos. <laughs> Obviously. Or watch there be a song called that. Sloppy on the Mount. And if there's not... Or porn. I'd say I'm, I'm scrolling through the whole first page of Sloppy on the Mount videos, and none of them are dirty. Wow. Yeah. I'm so disappointed. What was the number one hit? I already closed it, but it was mm. like, it. hallelujah, it was a video. Oh. Some kind of music video for a for like a choral group. Wow. Sloppy <laughs> on the Mount. <laughs> yeah. But on the Mount, Sermon on the Mount, maybe that's... Maybe there's... Okay. okay. I never have uh, heard anything about whether Jesus was sloppy up there or not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was. 
Can you imagine somebody be like, man, that was good. He's a little sloppy. Yeah, I don't know. It's like he took a while getting to his point. Once he got there, it was amazing. Do you think that people gave Jesus fearless feedback or they were just very afraid? Fearless feedback. (laughs) You know what, Ronald? I think they did because I think that's the whole point of the shift from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Is in the Old Testament you could not give the Old Testament God fearless feedback. It was very fearful feedback, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, Jesus. The whole point is he's approachable, right? That's cool. Yeah, I like that. You just kind of share. It's like, man, I had some premarital sex today. And he's like, oh, my son, I forgive you. <laughs> Come on, let's hug it out. Come on, got some, got some earth right here <laughs> rolled up in this paper. <laughs> let's make this work. Yeah, says God. Says Jesus. <laughs> You know, you could say says God or Jesus because he's yeah the holy. The same. It's like the Trinity, right? Yep. I remember that from Catholic. From Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting. We're waiting. From Catholic. So it's Prison. Prison. <laughs> Catholic Jew. Uh, Make it super incomplete. So it's like. Uh, and then you turn around. And what you meant to say was, I remember that from Catholicism. <laughs> yeah, nope. No, nope. Catholic school. I remember that from Catholic. From Catholic. <laughs> from Catholic. Was, he had a friend named Catholic, actually. Yeah, right. It was a good friend of his. Mm-hmm. It was like somebody punched in my voice. Yeah. Like, oh, from Catholic. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're here to talk about catching up. We're here to talk about some moo the he's. I haven't seen very many, but I, but the ones that I've seen. <laughs> they are biggies. I think you've seen a ton of movies. I've seen too. a ton of movies. So why don't you just, <clears throat> just rattle down the list? All of them? Yeah. I'll give it. Remember, what, I'll stop hey, you. Hey, when, you give when, us... when did we last record? Was oh. it? Uh, we last recorded. It was like a month ago. No, yeah, a month ago. It was yeah, a month the last, ago. The last recording we did, the newest movie we'd all seen, I think, was uh, Mad Max. At that point. Okay. Hmm. Really? Yeah, we recorded, we recorded on May fourteenth. <clears throat> okay. All right. So, damn. All right. I think we may have recorded. Is after it that, that many? You have that many? You have a shit ton, don't you? Record that. Maybe. I don't know. I think we recorded once after that, and we did the Mad Max episode and the, um, uh, well, who the hell cares? This can't be interesting to listen to. <laughs> no, they care. Trust me, they care. Uh, the, if you're listening out there and you care, that, you're the person I'm doing this for. But <laughs> I think episode 134 was... <clears throat> oh, yeah, the 26th. Yeah. Okay, so, okay. I'm just making sure I got all this right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it's been a month almost. I'm just looking at my dates to make sure I don't... Speak about something that I've already spoken about. Oh, I will let you know, Steve. If okay. it's one you've talked Pitch about. Perfect so are we two? just? Are we just going to? I don't think. I don't think there's been any conversation Pitch about Pitch two? Perfect Two. Shh. Uh, okay. Shitty movie. Shitty movie. Shitty movie. Okay. See, I didn't see the first. It was hard. So to what watch. was it? Everyone's saying this. What was it that made made Pitch Perfect Two such a disappointment compared to Pitch Perfect? It had like it. It, it completely lacked the charm yeah. of the first movie. Yeah. Like I feel like the expectation for the first one, you went in. Like, with none, or with little expectation. It was like a little movie that could that summer, or when it came out, you know what I mean? And it had so much charm and fun and just, like, excitement to it. But this movie just felt like... It's like that that same old story of just, like, a retread of what worked. Mm -hmm. It's gonna work again. Mm -hmm. Sure thing. Box office, yes, because they've already announced another movie coming out in 2017. uh, Pitch Perfect 3. Um, but the movie, I was out of this movie the entire time. It was awful. There I were couldn't so many it. parts of the movie that were so racist. I was thinking that. Like, the commentary parts with Elizabeth yeah, Banks and uh, it was hard to the watch. other guy. And then, like, the, the fat jokes got excessive. Like, they got the to the point where it was jokes. like, yeah, man. Yeah. It was... It, like, I'm, all the jokes about the Latino girl that was a, a part of their, their yeah. the troop now, or the group now, rather. 
it was like everybody was like a caricature of the, yeah. the original versions of themselves. Right. The lesbian was like like overpowering and, and rapey acting. Yeah. It's just very uncomfortable, man. It's just a, and you know the, the key for me? I mean, those things all true. I just felt like this one did not have the songs either. No. Like the whole ed, no. the whole angle of like the acapella, pop, mashup, all that fun stuff that the first one had. I felt like this either the song choice or just the way they sounded, the arrangements, were not special at all. No. Especially in relation to the first one, which was just totally a fun movie to, it was. to watch. And, and it, I don't know. So You love her. I I like her in movies where she isn't singing. <laughs> where she's I, not singing, right? I really don't like... <clears throat> she's not sharp enough in a movie for me to to think that she can lead something yet. Really? I don't think so. I haven't seen her in something yet where I'm like, she could carry a movie. And I I have yet to feel like that. And this furthered my idea about it. Okay. And and it wasn't it wasn't a very fun thing. And every time she showed up, she was just a, a mousy faced bitch bitch in that movie. Like it was just very hard to process all of it. We didn't get yeah. through it. No, I, I definitely see what you're saying. I don't know. I, I still liked like little parts, little pieces that I like. I still like the Adam Devine stuff. I like him no matter yeah, what. Yeah, he's does. amazing. He's really funny. He's he's funny. And, um, doesn't this happen? I mean, I and I I want to say this happens a lot, but mm-hmm. I can't think of other examples. But doesn't this happen where something is a bigger than expected hit, particularly like with comedies and kind of feel good movies like that, and then there's a sequel that I mean, it almost seems like it never works out. Kick ass too. As, as well, I mean, that's an me. example of one where, yeah, maybe it had like the surprise of that film yeah, was yeah. was a certain kind of humor and a certain style of filmmaking that when they tried to repeat it, they it was a, it was a parody Hell. of itself. Yeah, you know? like it, it, yeah, I think it just runs out of the steam yeah, that like does, kept yeah. the first one. Running. And it's like they jump into that other. I mean, I didn't actually see the second Hangover movie, but my understanding was, oh, was it awful. had that same effect of like trying to repeat end up the ante on the first, but just not not hitting the mark but exactly. yeah but what what's strange to me about pitch perfect 2 is just how many people have echoed what you were just saying about the or you guys are echoing them technically but uh because we're pretty sure we said it first yeah i'm talking about the then times not the now times <laughs> but uh just that whole th- the fact that the humor was somewhat unpleasant and seemed to be uh like people seem to be reacting that the target of the humor was not always the best target of the humor like yeah. f- like fat jokes and it seems like maybe there was a lot of joke about ethnicity and about Definitely. cultural differences and stuff that just seems kind of again it's not like those movies don't happen but they're not usually movies that have this kind of pedigree where you have like a, a you know a young relatively young female director i mean yeah. it's worth mentioning that elizabeth banks yeah. directed the movie she was a producer on the first one i remember that was kind of an interesting role to see her assuming yeah. in that case i mean do you think that was part of the problem or did it do you think it was just the material itself or well part of my issue is kind of some of the direction is definitely off yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty off but i guess the Staging. idea is like people there's some people that are very good at kind of harnessing all the things that make so that those little swipes that they did were like rare and and very like brief some of the racial things some of the weird things that they did in the first movie they do 10 times over in the second one and part of my issue with that sort of thing is like i'll give you an example it happens to me all the time you know how like ronald please give me an example so like you suppose you have a you have a good sense of humor right Uh, i'll try to imagine that (laughs) imagine this (laughs) <laughs> no, uh, and you talking? Trying to, to imagine. <laughs> you talking to you talking to a friend, and they make a joke with you. You make a joke, and you're like, "Man," and that's when I shit my pants, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and they and the friend laughs, and then they say, 
and that's when I fucked that dog. Mm-hmm. And then you realize at some point something got lost in yeah. whatever the humor is, whatever the standard of humor is that you're creating, and that's what happened. This this thing went off the rails. Like it 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 went from like the humor in some of that shitty racist stuff was that it was off color and rare and the commentators were saying it and but everybody said it and everybody made it awkward. It was just a bad it, it didn't feel good. Humor humor at the expense of other people never feels good if it's done in succession, especially for like an hour and a half. I think that you, you want to say that comedy shouldn't have rules to it, but we all know... It does. We all know that even if you... I mean, all, all things in... I mean, we're talking about movies as yeah. in a different way, but if you're just talking about like comedy itself, like just the idea that jokes should be free to go wherever they need to go, you know, there, there still has to be like a baseline... Like an intellect or some kind of shared understanding yeah. of what's going on for that yeah. stuff to be funny, and I think that sometimes movies <clears throat> are just trying to be, you know, they're not they're trying to hit below the belt, and maybe, yeah. but but it's weird when it seems like they again when they miss the mark with so many people, it makes you wonder if something is just kind of off because it doesn't yeah. mean oh this is too much for me. It was a it just means movie. like it sounds like what you guys are saying is that the tone was just off. It wasn't that you were offended yeah, necessarily. Yeah. It was just fair. that it didn't sort of it wasn't funny enough to be dark. And and acerbic, and yeah. yet it was it also wasn't fun enough to be like a a feel good explosion of of acapella fun. I feel like I feel <laughs> you like, know, what like I was, what I, what I was trying to describe it as is like the first one was simple, yeah, and this one is just like way overdone. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a great version of an acoustic track that gets remixed and released as a single that mm-hmm. sounds like shit. Yeah, you know, like some of the melodies still sound great some of the things still work in this remix but yeah. overall it's not it does not capture at all what that that original version would you like, say that the harmonies are mixed a little too high <laughs> and hey, that the, the drum fills are, are, little, are little redundant something. Yeah. yeah something something did you know what i'm getting at no that? i do like, i totally know what you mean i just really wanted to pursue that metaphor <laughs> <laughs> just, that, that, i mean because it's funny because that's what a lot of people why you why i love pitch perfect was like the acapella mixes of these songs were amazing to me like yeah. as a fan of that kind of acapella sound it was so stripped down and so was the humor and so was the cast and i mean it i don't know just something just absolutely just did not translate into this second film for me and the, i mean i'll see the third one but i out, out of curiosity alone yeah. not out of a fan anymore because the, the first one was it fat amy so they had this big storyline where like fat amy was performing and her vagina got exposed to the president. Yeah, I heard about that. What? That yeah. nothing like that would have happened in in the in the world of the first movie at all. And it wasn't. It was so bad. It man. was it was absurd. It was yeah, absurd. Yeah. It was like scary movie. It was like scary movie absurd. And it yeah. kept getting like that. <clears throat> and we saw the first one together. Yeah. And we both came out like, like oh, that was so wow. good. Yeah. What, what the hell is that? Why was that so good? Yeah. <clears throat> so, so that's one. It's a hold up. That's a hold up. Man. All right. Yeah. That's a hold up. Definitely. Um, I have another. So, just hold- some people, if 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 someone's listening to this show for the first time, and they heard how long we talked about Pitch Perfect too, <laughs> I'm gonna say if the, what they're wondering is, this is how these guys rattle off a list. Yes, this is how we rattle off a welcome list. Welcome to movie schmoo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Welcome we- to movie schmoo. Welcome. <clears throat> uh, the next one I was gonna mention really quickly was one that I think that I am definitely in the minority on. Is Spy. Mm-hmm. It's got ninety five percent on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. I think yeah. I fell asleep or something during the movie. Yeah, or <laughs> ate some food beforehand and like blacked out. I don't know what happened. I I don't know. Like people love the movie. I I did not. I well, I, here's, I haven't I, seen it, so I can't. I can't. Go I liked it. it. Yeah, I did enjoy the movie. Yeah. 
But like ninety five percent and people like after the preview that I attended, like people were like loved it. I will say that I did I did enjoy this movie way more than like the Heat or Tammy or any of these other starring vehicles that Melissa mm-hmm. McCarthy has had. It's definitely the best one. Well, it mm-hmm. looks Don't good to me, which is <clears throat> rare. I normally, I mean, again, I find her, I like her, but I feel like people have given her a lot of really kind of lame material, a lot yeah. kind of repetitive yeah. material, and I sort of hate to see a comedian. We've talked about it on the show before, but go down that path of like the thing they do and they just get plenty of opportunities to do that thing they do it's why it's why will ferrell we get kind of tired of his shtick after a while right. you know and i just didn't want to see that happen and it seemed like it was happening out of the <laughs> gate to melissa mccarthy that she was being turned into right. a melissa mccarthy impersonator and this one just just from the character she's playing and what i've heard about it sounds sounds better than that because she's not the only star mm-hmm. oh, okay the fact that Jew law is great in it mm-hmm. that jason statham and rose byrne also almost steal the movie from her yeah that's why Oh. And I feel like those are my favorite parts of the movie. It's probably and that's, that's like a weird mix because like usually it's like I I do like her, but I don't like the movie she's been in recently. Yeah. But the fact that there are these other like pieces moving that come in like every fifteen, ten minutes, whatever, mm-hmm. to be like, oh, that guy, like Jason Statham, is fucking hilarious in this movie, and he's like totally playing on like every role he's ever made bank on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's funny. Mm-hmm. And Jude Law is totally playing on like the like the Bond. You know, he's like the smooth like sweet talker that like she's in love with and never has a chance in the world you know and rose Byrne again she's fucking hilarious yeah no like, I love she's her. on a roll right now yeah she was she great in man. neighbors i saw another indie film that she was in called adult beginners that i really mm-hmm. liked that she was great in not as much of a comedy as these movies but i don't know I, I just feel like maybe i need to see it again i'll say this is definitely to me it's probably a wait for it but i might be wrong so I'm gonna, I'm you know, see it. it's it's something that I think I'm just I'm missing something. I think I need to see it again because <laughs> I've even had some friends that saw it and were like, I, you know, I thought it was great. Like I don't know what's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But something I don't know. I think that what what got me out of it maybe I felt like it was too long. Oh, maybe that kind of threw me off. I have a little heard bit. that. I did hear someone <clears throat> say that all comedies are too long, and this is another one that clocks in at like two hours or something when it probably could have been you know ninety minutes, a hundred minutes. It's or literally, it's, I think it's just over two hours wow. or right around two hours, and it totally did not need to be. I feel like that's that's a Paul, probably what it is. That's like a Paul Feig, Judd Apatow kind of <clears throat> thing. It seems like those those guys uh, those guys make movies that are too long. Too long, yeah, no. And that comedy bloat, it can. I mean, fifteen minutes too many in a comedy can really be a momentum killer when you're yeah. watching it. You know. Um. Quickly, Poltergeist, mm. hold up. Okay. Um, the only kudos I'll give to that film is that the casting of Sam Rockwell and Rosemary DeWitt, I think, are great. I mm. think they play off each other very much like Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams did in the original. That's the only thing I feel like tapped in. To, that was the only thing that interested me in the movie at yeah. all was the presence of those two actors. Right, and they play it just like, mm-hmm. you know, it, that that definitely is there. But the movie, like, I don't know, it, it's just... It's weird to me. Like it's like that. It's like everything has to be current by being high tech. Yeah. You know, uh, there's got to be there's drones that go into like the nether worlds, like what? in between reality and the spiritual world. Like that happens in this film. That sounds awful. And he's controlling it from his iPad. Like that has to happen in a horror reboot yeah. these days. That just bothers me. Otherwise, how would we know it wasn't the original <clears throat> Poltergeist, Steve? If it okay. didn't, if it didn't have iPad controlled right, drones yeah, I mean, in I the guess, spirit that's world, the check. I yeah. Gotta, yeah. Okay. That that really got on my nerves. Surprisingly, Entourage, I liked. I liked it. I don't know. Like, I'd say, I'd say it's probably still like a maybe wait for it to me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need you don't need to see this if you're used to Entourage and you like watching it on your TV at home. Yeah. Just watch this one on TV. See, at home. I, I got, I, I kind of fell out of the show at some point because it seemed like 
like I realized I didn't like these guys. Like I, these guys seemed like douchebags to me. Like not Absolutely. like you know, but like you don't I, watch you watch the show for Ari. Well, but well, okay, yes, do. and I did. This movie I, was Ari, and I did yeah. up to a point. And but I, I can't remember if I watched like the last. I must have watched the last season, but I can't remember if I watched everything up to that last like five or six episodes. I don't remember if I watched them. Mm-hmm. But I just it was hard for me to get up any interest in this movie based on the fact that I don't know what the stakes of a um of a of an entourage movie would, would be, be given that the show was always like yeah. such a an a, such an example of like avoiding emotional stakes most of the time you know because what? again it's like there would always be like that problem that almost was a problem got fixed by someone off camera and yeah. now they here they are doing another bong hit and it's the end of the episode you know i it, and i did sometimes like there were some funny things that happened but i feel like it started off as more of a satire of like young hollywood and ended up being almost like I don't know, like the line between being a satire and kind of a celebration of these guys kind of sure. blurred. But I, yeah. I agree. If the movie is, is Ari being Ari, I could see that having some comedic It's a fun movie. I thought, yeah. yeah. Haley Joel was great in it. I liked him. Haley oh, yeah, Joel Osment. He's, he's so weird to me. I can't. I don't know, uh, is I can't, he weird because he looks I, the way that he does? Take, I, I don't know. I can't. I, I, can't I, take I don't him. think you can handle, the, can't handle how him. different he looks. Yeah, I can't handle It's him. very weird to see a person that you saw mm. in The Sixth Sense and then you see him and he's approximately 150 pounds well, heavier. It's, it's, it's very weird because he's very bloated. He's just very, it's very weird watching approximately. him. Approximately. I enjoyed it. There's a though. shock value. I can't there get it. There is. There really is. But that, that's the other. That's the other I kind of had enough fun with it, but like. That apparently people hate this movie, but yeah. I don't know. I would say just wait for it. And I think the only other one I was going to mention, but I think we can maybe try to... I think the rest of the ones that we may be talking about are go-aheads. Mm-hmm. But this is the one that's actually on TV, not in theaters. <clears throat> it's on HBO Demand, if you have it, or mm-hmm. now, or go. But it's the uh, the montage of Heck documentary about mm. Kirk Cobain. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was incredible. Um, have, did you have, either of you watch it? No. No, but I want um, to. It's really a great... Great documentary. Like, it's kind of interesting the way that it goes through because apparently, like, Brett Morgan, the guy that directed it, got access from the, I guess, Courtney Love and the Cobain estate or whatever to go through, like, all these, like, lockers, like, storage units and stuff. And, like, he kind of uncovered, like, all these, like, it's, like, recordings, like, not necessarily songs, but, like, demos and, like, just him messing around or writings or journals and drawings because he was, like, an artist as well. Mm. And the way the movie kind of just like lays it out is really, I think, genius to me because it's like there's like a mix of like live action interviews and then they animate some of the story Uh to kind of tell because obviously, you know, he's telling through these journal recordings that he has from an audio tape um, and and Kurt Cobain's like narrating this stuff. But it's like and then they animate it to show that story. It's just kind of like a cool mix of like of of visual stimulus to kind of keep you intrigued by a documentary about arguably one of the greatest like you know or most influential or whatever you want to call him artists of a, of a generation and uh i've never been like a super fan of nirvana but i've always been a fan of and especially him like it hit right when i was at that age right. and uh i've always been intrigued by him and his life and his death and um the documentary is really interesting and to piggyback on that one that i haven't seen yet that i plan on watching this weekend that just came out on vimeo um, on demand is called Soaked in Bleach. Soaked in Bleach, yeah. Which is another one that's kind of been like long gestating to get out, and it got out now because I think of the success of Montage of Heck. But that's more of a documentary about like the possibility of, uh, you know, of Courtney Love's involvement with Kurt Cobain's death, and is told oh, wow. more from the perspective I think of an investigator that was hired um, when it happened, and 
looks really interesting. I, I haven't seen that one, but it's got me. I, I purchased it, and we're going to watch it this weekend. And it looks really interesting. Yeah, I read something <clears throat> where, um, oh, what's his name? Buzz- I love Vimeo as an avenue for movies, by the way. Yeah, I've never used it before. Oh, it was pretty slick. I got uh, Spike Lee's movie, uh, The Sweet Blood of Jesus, from yeah. it. And I, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, fuck, this is done really well. And Anyway, yeah. I was just going to say, just to just mention, yeah. The, well, the, I read uh, that. Uh, Melvin's. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Melvin's, I'm sorry. Uh, but th- that he said that it's Buzz Osborne from Buzz, the Melvin's. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Saying that, uh, yeah, that's that's probably why. But that saying that Montage of Heck, he said it's 90% bullshit. Yeah. And at first I was like, well, it seems like this is some of that old kind of scenester stuff. But apparently he was like a close childhood friend right. of Kurt's. Mm. And what he was saying was even from the journals and all the stuff that, that that movie is very inside. But he said that what people don't realize about Kurt was that he was, he was like a troubled guy, but a lot of that troubledness was him kind of yanking people's chains. It's like an act, yeah. And a bit of an act because he said, like, he, because Kurt Cobain had all these, you know, like, for instance, his, his, he was famous, like, even before he died, I remember in interviews, they would always mention his chronic stomach pain. And yeah. that was like a reason for a lot of his kind of strange behavior. But he was, uh, Buzz Osborne was saying that that story about the chronic stomach pain was. Which has always been part of the Kurt Cobain, like you, when you talk about him, you lump in the fact that this guy was always in pain as yeah. a factor of his personality, but that that was like a cover story for his heroin addiction, is oh, what wow. Buzz Osborne was saying. So, I mean, he wasn't saying it to like out him. He kind of seemed to be saying it in kind of like a, almost like he, he it <clears throat> seemed like he was saying these, you still can't know Kurt. You know, yeah. it seems to be yeah. what he was really saying is that you can see this movie and you still don't know if you're really knowing Kurt because just because he wrote it down in his journal or told somebody this happened doesn't mean that it's true. And he also mentioned a couple of the stories that Kurt tells about his childhood and stuff that are in the movie that are apparently things that he said, I lived in that town. If this had happened, everybody I, would have known everyone it, yeah. in the town would have known about it kind of thing. So it's like it's not absolutely ironclad, but it is mm. interesting to hear the perspective of someone who knew him from the outside when all this was going on Definitely. to say no it wasn't necessarily the picture that the movie depicts it doesn't make me any less interested in seeing the movie but it, it is because so much of the movie seems to be like you were mentioning <clears throat> is how it's put together and the way it's visualized it's but really, I do, it's I do really think that's really interesting and I think maybe that's a <clears throat> symptom if, if your movie can get blindsided like that maybe that's a symptom of uh, question, of narrowing your focus of your documentary so much that you're saying we're going to base it on this material and not do the typical expected perhaps more boring cinematically but maybe more informational thing where you would go around and talk, talk to, to everybody, everybody. Yeah. instead of talking to a very small group of people I think I've even read is Brett Morgan the name of the guy yeah, yeah. The, who directed Montage Effect yes. he has said that he very much did not want to do one of those Talking Heads, complete oral history. He feels that that story's been told in a way. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I wonder if that means, though, if everyone's doing a different angle, that may, may mean that that story may may still not be told. Right, that's You know, true. because we've that's seen true. the, what was it, Kurt and Courtney. Kurt and Courtney, yeah. And then <clears throat> Soaked in Bleach seems to be about much the same thing, which centering on his death. Montage of Heck, which centers on his kind of troubled beginnings. So yeah, maybe no one, everyone's trying not to do the typical, let's mm. tell the whole story movie, but that means nobody is doing that that <laughs> movie, but... Yeah, anyway, no, I still really want to see it. I definitely recommend it. Um, check it out if you can. Well, I have a feeling there's a couple of big movies we're going to talk about, so I'm yeah. just going to get a couple of quick shots out that I don't know it. if you guys have seen. I saw a couple of uh, spooky movies. Uh, I saw The Nightmare, which was one of oh, my anticipated God, I haven't movies gotten that. for the for the summer. Well, I, oh, the the documentary. Yeah, about sleep. I just remembered. <laughs> wow, crap. Rodney I, Asher's follow up to uh, Room, room 237, and I did not get it. I'm, I would say that I'm gonna, I'm gonna as someone who suffers from sleep paralysis, okay. the movie or has I haven't had it. In a while um but i guess i've had it as recently as a couple months ago so that's not wow. you know um the movie did not capture sleep paralysis like 
when you guys have seen it, this would be a better conversation. So maybe I'll just give you a short take. Yeah. Uh, you know the way that Room 237, you're watching it, and at the beginning you feel like, you. I know these people are crazy. I mean, I've, I heard people <laughs> criticize that film saying, if anyone doesn't know what it is, look it up. It's a movie about people's theories about Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Mm. So it's a pretty removed subject. It's not about Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. It's about people's theories. Right. You know that going in. I know a lot of people that have criticized that movie by saying, oh, I think that a lot of these people's theories are bullshit. But I feel like the whole premise of that movie is that all of their theories are bullshit. Right. None of that was anything that Kubrick right. would have intended. I mean, if you know the way artists work, and I, that sounds fucking pretentious for me to say that, but if you know the way like <laughs> a writer or, or if, you know, just from knowing <clears throat> you're, hit, you're being in touch, reading interviews, reading stories of how people work, people don't usually submerge the true meaning of their work deep within the coded, <laughs> hidden uh, placement of objects on a shelf in the background of a shot type yeah. stuff. That doesn't mean some of that stuff isn't, an, isn't intentional or sure. maybe the costume designer or the set designer sure. or the production designer having an in-joke or Stanley Kubrick saying, yeah, let's have this angle that'll really confuse, but it does not mean the true meaning, quote unquote, whatever meaning is of a film, is contained in those things. But the whole notion of film analysis is we get to pick these things apart regardless. Yeah. So Room 237 is as much about our fascination with a thing, mm -hmm. how people play out these theories in their head and then, then find proof of them, and all that stuff as it is about movie making or as it is about The Shining or as it is about any individual theory. And I think that can be taken as a knock if you say, I want to find out the cohesive story of all the theories about The Shining. That movie doesn't even give you that because it's, it doesn't step outside the point of view of the people. That are telling their accounts and i think that uh the nightmare does much the same thing like it stays so in the accounts of these people talking about their sleep paralysis experiences and their hallucinations and there is some creepy footage in the movie and it was creepy to me but it didn't touch the creepiness of a couple of the occurrences that i have felt of, wow. of this thing so as creepy as the movie got and i don't mean that what i've experienced was if you were to describe it, was narratively worse than their hallucinations. I'm just saying the feeling that I had in a couple of weird instances that I wanted to find, I wanted to hear that voice in the movie. Mm. Because it seems that the people in the movie are having, much like the people in room 237, they're having kind of a self-mythologizing moment. Where they're talking about their sleep paralysis and it's filtered through... Uh, an abusive childhood, or visits to the doctor, or all the tactics they use to try to combat it, or all these other little things, when really the creepiest thing about sleep paralysis to me is that I could it could happen to me tonight. you yeah. know. And from watching the movie, there's a little bit of a suggestion of that, but <clears throat> you find out that some of the people that are experiencing it are choosing to believe there's a supernatural component, that you know they fought it with their religion. You start to see it's a movie as much about these people mm. and their specific ways of dealing with it as it is about the thing i might have liked a little bit more of a clinical overview to say yes let's visualize hallucinations but let's also talk a little bit more about the science of what's really going on because what the movie does by avoiding the science of what's going on i understand why they said let's hear that let's hear it from the people's voices but when those people have something kind of strange or something kind of crazy they believe the movie just kind of much like room 237 it leaves you out there with with this person's experience which is fine but it wasn't i don't know at the end of the mm. movie it kind of ended and i felt like oh it's over i didn't feel like oh wow i felt much more like oh that was good and i was interested and every time i would think that i was kind of losing interest something would come up that would keep me back in but really what it is is it's an hour and a half of people telling you about their dreams mm. which in in social settings, you already know that's the worst conversational topic of all time. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know what I was expecting, but I had heard how scary it was. And I do think that it's very scary. But some of the imagery 
but just because people's dreams can be kind of silly sometimes. Some of the imagery is kind of silly. So it's like, it is interesting. I did like it a lot, but it did not scare the pants off me like I thought it would. Oh, and okay. I kept I kept wanting to pause the movie and tell my own story of something that they didn't talk about in the movie that is, to me, uh, scarier than some of the stuff that they showed. But, uh, you know, I, even taking that aside, I think it is an interesting movie, not a, a like a deeply captivating one but okay. I, I recommend it and like i said there's another conversation to be had once you guys have seen it okay so yeah uh so oh it's a, well, I, actually no and i was going to mention one other one i also saw we are still here which is uh, an odd did you see it by no, any chance? i have it i haven't watched here. it we are still here it is i the director's name is it is it's directed by ted Oh gosh, it's one of those like it's go, it's either go, go, go again or go, Goffigan. I'm gonna say Ted Goffigan. It's one of those weird spellings, um, and uh, written by Ted Goffigan. And hey, screenplay by Ted Goffigan. Those are the same thing. Thanks Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, it's a it's neat. It's there's so many things about this movie that that made it fun for me as a horror buff. It it is it has the feel of like an '80s horror film. It's got middle-aged actors in it, which makes it feel more of like an old film because the characters aren't all teenagers, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's interesting, but it does not have like a high production value to it. I don't know. It's it's. I feel like it stays kind of nicely within its range of its budget, but little things come up, like just the way the titles look on the screen and things like that make it look like a student film or something like that. Oh, wow. But, I mean, it's got a schlocky setup, but there's some genuine scares in it. And I would say there was refreshing. There was almost nothing in the way of like those false alarm scares that you get, where there's. I mean, there were some good jumps, but there weren't a lot of like, oh, it was the cat, or oh, it was nothing. There's a lot of something in this movie, mm. and it's actually kind of creepy. What is what is kind of stalking the characters? Um, I would kind of complain about the B movie style acting, but it feels sort of of a piece with the movie. Right. So it it's just one of those weird things where it almost defies you being too judgmental of it because every time something kind of comes up that's a little cheesy, it almost feels as though they're winking at that era of film, but it never tips over into parody. So it just kind of has that feel like like House of the Devil did of being oh, yeah. a a late seventies early eighties kind of movie. And I honestly don't know. I'm all the way to the end thinking of it now, and I can't remember if there was ever a nod that it wasn't. A period piece, but I'm sure there is. I'm sure someone's holding a smartphone somewhere in it, and I just don't remember mm. that. But it feels like a. It was set maybe in in a, in the past, like in oh, the wow. then times. And um, <laughs> let me see if I have anything else here that I kind of need to mention. I think that like that '80s pastiche thing kept it from being totally indistinct visually, but it also sort of kept it in this range of like it's not a very ambitious looking movie. Um, and I I think sometimes you can really tell with like. Some, digital photography sometimes is like aggressively digital and this is one of those movies uh, that looked like maybe it, it it i don't know the lighting or something it had kind of a cheapness to it and then i would say the other thing that's just worth mentioning is it is kind of gory and gross as a horror fan steve mm -hmm. you will find a couple of moments where you're like oh cool they you know that was creepy and what happened to that character was sufficiently awful it doesn't linger on it but it, it i do think it's a fun film for horror fans and without saying too much about the plot it um it does escalate in some interesting ways. It's really just hard to tell whether the acting is sort of on tone for the type of movie that it is or whether it's legitimately bad acting. And it's also hard to tell what Lisa Marie has done to her lips. Oh, uh, she's in it? She's in it. And oh, weird. I, I didn't know that she... I, I, I would have to look at like old footage of her to see if she has always been sort of a, a collagen lip uh, you know, specimen. But man, wow. her mouth was uncomfortable to look at. And she's not a great actress 
anyway. Mm. So it's, you know, she was great playing, I guess it was Elvira in the, uh, you know, Ed Wood or whatever. Yeah. Where she doesn't have much to say. Or Vampira, pardon me. Which is it? She was Vampira, Vampira. not Elvira. Not yeah. um, but yeah, she kind of is just an example of the kind of, you're watching it going, okay, did they cast Lisa Marie because she kind of screams B-movie actress? Mm. Or is, is was she the biggest name they could get and she's just not a very good actress but what you know when someone has a hard time forming words because yeah. their lips are so swollen it was very hard to watch <laughs> come on nibbler <laughs> she was being sweet but <laughs> um before we get to big big movies did either of you see love and mercy no good it's gonna win something really it's you, did you love it i loved wow, it wow dude I'm, I'm serious man like Yo, did you see the charles where was it playing <sighs> where did i see it Holy shit! I don't remember where I saw it. I was just wondering. Where I, yeah, I, was I think I did there. see it. Yes, I did see it at the tur- the Charles. Yeah, um, I definitely want to see that. I have not yet, though. Man, seeing a, a story about a man who <laughs> who is clearly suffering on a on a real level. Yeah. And 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 this kind of what comes out of it when a cat it has their ass in your face. Oh come on! <laughs> that's, how, that's how a cat says, "Scratch my back." <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a cool movie, man. Like it, the acting was so. If you see with this movie, you see the people in this movie. Who would you think would be the weakest link in it? You'd say automatically, you'd be like John John Cusack. I would not. You would not. I I hold deep in me somewhere the fact that John Cusack <laughs> is actually a good actor. I see, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, one would definitely cross one would mind. assume, man. But they <clears throat> they are. Equal. They're both really great. Yeah, yeah. Paul. Paul. Is it Dano or Dano? I think. I think I always say Dano. Yeah, Paul Dano. I would say I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I made it back over here in time. I, I like that. But yeah, both equally pretty amazing, and yeah. the shifts between the, you know when he was younger and when he's older is is pretty amazing. And Elizabeth everybody Banks, seems to be saying that though about Cusack. Just back yeah, to that topic, man. everyone was worried about how he looked in this because yeah. it was weird seeing. I think it's more the shift between yeah. those two actors. It doesn't seem like they could ever play the same but there's person. A, yeah. The cool part is there's a there's a very specific. He could look at the, because of where his life went. Mm-hmm. He could have looked any. He could have been any actor when he got older, because of. Except we know. I mean, again, Brian Wilson, like we, Paul Dano, actually kind of looks like. Yeah, right, right. Younger, like yeah. you, well, you see him and you go, I can believe that. Yeah. And I just don't understand. Sometimes I don't get that whole thing of yeah, yeah. in movies when they say, "Oh, a few years later, they look like a completely different person." Yeah. But I think sometimes in films, what they do is it's more symbolic. It's like they're not. I, I don't think there's any attempt uh-uh. to make a likeness between those two guys. It's more no. about mood and tone and yeah. what the movie's trying to say. Definitely. So Definitely. in that case, it's almost like one of those movies. I'm trying to think of one of the movies. Like, um, wasn't there a movie about Bob Dylan where like five or six different actors played, played <laughs> different versions of him? Kind of. Kate I Blanchett feel like played him. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. like so. In that sense, it's almost like a more of an experiment to say, yeah. can you have the same character be embodied by these different performers at different phases, as opposed yeah. to saying we've we've gotten the wigs just right, you know? <laughs> right. Which again is a certain kind of biopic, but this doesn't sound like it's that kind of biopic. Yeah, I mean, just because he had deteriorated the way he had, and yeah. it's 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 a pretty drastic shift between i mean like you could see what was happening when he was younger but um elizabeth banks also really really good in it yeah it was i completely just, forgot about this everybody's kind of on shit. fire in the movie and and like I, 
it's one of those movies if you if you watch it at the right time i guarantee you will cry you know it's like yeah. one of those and i hope that it wins something it has to win something like best original script i, I just feel this like this thing's gonna win something cool. this year yeah i know a lot one of the film critics in the area that i really respect when i talked to her at the end of 2014 she had seen this film, I guess, at, I don't know, some other film festival oh, wow. last year. And she had said that if, if this movie was coming out last year, that would have been her number one pick. Wow. So, like, that immediately just, I mean, I respect her choices in film, yeah, yeah. too. And um, it was like, what? It's Brian Wilson, which I love the Beach Boys. Yeah. And and Brian Wilson. And the, and the actors, like Paul Dano, I definitely am a fan of. And growing up, I, like, worshipped John Cusack for a period of my teenage yeah. years. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, a couple different things in place. So, yeah, I definitely. Yeah. Brian Wilson definitely has he has a hand in the movie, which makes a huge difference in. Oh, absolutely. The, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. seeing them, the way that they did it, where he obviously is going through something, and seeing. I don't know if this. I mean, he must have kind of talked about his process, seeing the process, because nobody really believed in anything that he was doing at the time. He's like, I want to, I want to, I'm. Be, we're better than the Beatles. We can make better melodies. We right. can. Our our music is a lot more layered. And seeing him kind of do things in his head and seeing everybody around him like that is the dumbest idea ever. And then to have pet sounds kind of become what it became. Yeah, yeah. is incredible. Because yeah, sure. I mean, it, it. Nobody believes in him. Like mm-hmm. literally, no one around him believed him according to this movie yeah not even like his family members so like it's interesting to see in his head how he hated the way that like earlier stuff sounded because he's like we're not we, we've never been on the beach we've yeah. never we don't we're not like the shirtless dudes getting yeah. girls so we have to change the music mm-hmm. and it was cool to see that shift so i i, I would right. i would suggest it to anybody yeah, i gotta see that that's i saw my notes right here i just took a note i gotta go see yeah. this weekend good vibrations one of my favorite songs of all time so, <laughs> so that's a go ahead Oh, go ahead. So that'll transition us from a smaller go ahead, independent wise, into maybe some larger. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, I should mention. I I don't think I ever quite tied up. We are still here. I would say. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's a go ahead if Mm -hmm. you if you are ready for some cheese. (laughs) I like cheese. It's got lots of cheese, and it's got some because within the cheese, there's some. I don't know. it, It. It. it's not an anonymous horror movie. It does have a style, and it does actually have a couple of scares to it. So I would say yes. If, you, if you're in the mood for cheese, go ahead. If you're not in the mood for cheese, I'm going to say stay away, which is, uh, what's that, a hold up? Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> hold up. All right, cool. So now we're back into the zone of the big, the big go-heads the that big we're I have about. two. Actually, let me really quick. I have two smaller go-heads. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? okay. That I want to throw out there because one opens today as you're listening to this. Yeah. And I think one. Oh my God! Opened, are you gonna say what I think you're gonna either say? Either opened or open you, soon. You motherfucker. One is me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you. What? You saw it? Yes. <laughs> I just said I did. Fuck. Fuck beans. I have tickets to see it next week. Fuck I'm gonna see it. Fuck beans. <laughs> and. Is Great. that like a directive? Is he, are you ordering him to fuck beans? <laughs> fuck or are beans. you saying, like, look at these fuck beans? <laughs> Just had a uh, uh, open candy, you fuck beans. <laughs> the, so, like, I, I didn't know a lot about it. I knew about it because of its experience at, like, Sundance. Yeah. Um, basically, like, the fault in our stars. Mm-hmm. Like, this, you know, this trend of, like, young adult romance dram- dramedies. I don't know what you call them. Yeah. Um, where somebody is dying of a terminal disease mm-hmm. uh, wow. and somebody on the other side has some sort of coming of age moment yeah. with this person. I thought the movie was great. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty unknown cast. Like the, the people that play the parents, you'd probably recognize 
like uh, Connie Britton is in it and uh, um, Nick Offerman and Molly Shannon. Okay, yeah. As some of the parents and and the the guy that plays the lead, the girls in Psycho. I mean, the uh, Bates Motel. Yeah. Olivia something. Mm. Um, Nick Offerman is a dad in that. A dad. What other <laughs> small movie was he a dad in that was really good? Boys something. Boys of Summer. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Kings of Summer. Kings of Summer. Great movie. Um, yeah, and Thomas Mann plays Greg, the main character. Um, but just a really great. I don't know. Like I don't. I don't, don't want to say too much about it because I mean, wait. Let me back up here. It's 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 a really emotional. It's a really emotional movie that appeals Steve, to uh, you, people. You know that you're required if you're going to do that. Let me back up here. You have to make the rewind. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's a it's a very well made emotional teen drama that mm. appeals to adults. I guess if you okay. could get that. Did like, you cry? I I got a little. I'll say I didn't cry, but it. She got like there. I got emotional. Like I, I don't you. need to cry to say I felt. Yeah, emotional. yeah, yeah. I don't. My only concern with it, there's there's some beats in the film that are this is like a horrible term, but it's a little it's a little artsy. It gets a little artsy. Yeah. Like the culmination in the third act is a little. I think it doesn't play as well to a mass audience Mm -hmm. as maybe I I can interpret it or like somebody that's a little more in tune to some of these indie films and kind of the tone that they keep with. But um, really funny, um, very sweet, very uh positive you know even though there's some sad moments in a movie it's a very positive movie even in its saddest moment it's mm-hmm. extremely positive oh, wow. which is awesome and it's very hard to do mm-hmm. so i definitely need to go ahead the other quick go ahead that opens today in theaters is dope god damn i don't want to see this movie so bad you're gonna love this movie. i've been waiting Ron, for you're a gonna, year you're gonna you're gonna love this movie okay um so dope is virtually uh ferris bueller's day off mixed with boys in the hood <laughs> mixed with um maybe like do the right thing i don't know some, some crazy mashup of that it's got to have some These spikely joint in it somewhere yeah. um yeah uh, like it's awesome it's a great movie oh, i wow. loved it um awesome soundtrack basically it's a movie about you know this boy and his friends who they love 90s hip-hop they love all things 90s they have a band that's like a a punk Ban, you know, mm-hmm. he basically breaks every stereotype you would look at a black mm. boy and say, a black black teen and say, he loves '90s, you know, music. He dresses like he's an eight straight A student, like, and that's a, that's a big like that's a big current in the film. Like it follows, like it, it goes, those like stereotypes come in and out of different oh, okay. scenes. But there's a lot of like the only thing I feel like people will fault the movie is that tonally it kind of goes. There's an imbalance at times where it gets like really serious or like really heavy, like with some of the like action slash violence, um, and then immediately goes to like something super like funny and silly. So like I can see some people criticizing that. I personally did not. Like it did not take me out of the movie at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I found it hilarious. There's some few like killer killer comedic beats in the movie. Um, the lead actor is incredible. I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything in my life He's before. He's apparently really, really new. I haven't heard, I haven't heard um, of him being in anything else. Yeah, I think it's... it's uh, what's his name? Oh, shit. Um, I'm looking for his name now on the website, and he's not even like listed under the cast. That's weird. Zoe Kravitz is in it, right? Yeah, she's oh, in it. Man, she's pretty... She's, she's, she's good. Um... What's the name? That lighter skinned dude is uh, Diddy's uh, son. Uh, you remember the Blake Anderson's in it from Workaholics. Mm-hmm. Remember um, Al B. Shore? Mm-hmm. Al B. Shore is Al B. Shore's son is 
P. Diddy's stepson. Oh wow! Who was who was in that movie? Who was supposed to be really good That's in it? Interesting. I'm very. I've been waiting for this movie for like a year. Like, Shamik Moore. Okay, gotcha. The lead's Malcolm. He's he's great. I don't know. He's been in some other films. Um, nothing that I'm familiar with, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not gonna ramble. I, I know we have plenty of other movies to talk about, but these movies need the support too because the other ones we're gonna talk about are gonna be no brainers. But oh, I'm gonna see it um, tomorrow. I can't wait. To yeah, see you got it, you, Ronald. You're gonna love this movie, dude. Okay. The entire time I was like, I wish Ronald was here watching it with me. Because yeah. it totally, the movies that I compare it to, I know are movies that you are a fan of. Love and like, if you just mash them up, you can see in that comparison, though, where I'd say maybe at points tonally it might be weird. Yeah, You know, definitely. kind of the, the hijinks. In essence, it's this, like, kid who has everything lined up to get out of this horrible neighborhood, mm-hmm. gets caught up in the thing that keeps these kids in this neighborhood. Uh, yeah, and it's yeah. like, how does he get through it and navigate it to get to, you know, the ends that he wants? Mm-hmm. And, um awesome ending too great i mean like the way they this that's the one thing too this movie does so well is there's so many little like side stories going on mm-hmm. but it ties them all up so nicely in the end i think um so dopes in theaters now that's definitely a go ahead for me as well so now the big guns oh yeah so are we gonna i think one of these movies that we've seen <clears throat> that i guess we would give the general go ahead to if we've all seen it mm-hmm. is good but not as good as the other one i oh did we all see Jurassic World? <laughs> Hold on! Don't you dare! Uh, as good as the first one? Uh, no, it's not as good as the other as movie. Jurassic... Oh, 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 that we're going to talk about. He's talking about the other go ahead that well, we're going to We've gonna got mention. two big go heads, I think, okay. coming up. Do you... okay. Jurassic World is good, but not as good as the other uh, you know the what? other go ahead. I... <sighs> I don't think. The more Ronald and I talked about Jurassic World, I think the more we, we realized that we liked it a lot. Yeah, liked I liked it more. Yeah, I liked it a lot, man. More than Inside Out. No, I don't think so. Okay, so Inside Out so is a very I, unique. I think I think you're yes, John. Yes. You're correct. So you're I'm right saying about let's that, start with but... let's build up. We'll start with Jurassic World, okay. and then we'll move on to Inside. Because I mean, I think Jurassic World delivered, but I think that the ways in which it, I I think that it mm. delivered in the sense of being better than the last two Jurassic sequels, mm-hmm. but it still doesn't touch the first one. It doesn't touch it, but it, I think it's a worthy sequel it's, to the first one. It's a worthy one. sequel. Yeah. However, what it lacks from the first one that I feel like it utterly lacks, and it's like you people, think so? What is characters? characters. Oh I yes, the human, the human. Okay, like I mean, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, Sam yeah. Neill, John Hammond. Well, that was the character name. That Richard Attenborough was the actor. <laughs> the kids, um, the kids, even. Yeah. 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 yeah, that first movie, like those characters, you feel them. These characters, like Chris Pratt, was not one of my favorite things about this movie at all. Like I thought he was okay. He was pretty, but good, he was bro. kind of doing like. I feel like they kind of like like constricted him. A I little feel like bit. they well, missed yeah. the Chris Pratt mark with this character. It's almost like he was written to be a cornier sort of hero. And if someone, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't want to always mention this actor, but like it almost felt like young Bruce Campbell should have been playing that okay. character or somebody who seems like they're winking the whole time. Or the but I feel like Chris Pratt. It was either underwritten <coughs> yeah. or it was it was it was overacted or something, but it just didn't quite sink in with me. However, yeah. you know, like, and I think Bryce Dallas Howard, that character actually had a little bit better of an arc, even though I feel like that was such a paper thin character. She was the so whole premise of thin. oh, the corporate person who's got to learn to loosen up or whatever. I just feel like none of those characters had the weight. Now, once you take that out of it, and you just go for what does this movie do right? That, that maybe the last two Jurassic Park movies have not done yeah. right. I think there's a lot of interesting things they do really well, like making you wait to see the creatures. And some of the stuff that happens at the park was really kind of unpredictable. I, 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 did, I came out of it not really thinking this was that good of a movie. But, oh, wow. but definitely 
it was a fun it was a fun summer night at the movies and it was fun going to see it with a crowd and it was fun seeing everybody yeah. get into it so i have like yeah i think for me there's almost like it's it's almost too confusing to say it's a general go ahead but i don't yeah. think this movie does everything that it set out to do in terms of the way it wants to have it i've heard someone refer to it as the uh have your cake and eat it too mentality of make a comment on uh, big blockbusters and sequels because this movie is definitely commenting on the bigger, better, badder sequel. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also kind of trying to be that. And I don't know that it quite handles that tone, that that deft kind of comic tone as much as it's trying to. But still, mm-hmm. it was super fun. And I didn't, I mean, I, I wasn't having any of these complaints. None of them impeded my enjoyment of just watching the movie when I was watching it. So, yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was really fun. <clears throat> it kind of, it, it exceeded my expectations because Me the too. second and the Me third too. were so bad. And then I, and I also thought, like, uh, there was a choice. So I listened to the Nerdist podcast with, was this Chris Tarot? Was was his like, was the, the director? Uh, Colin Trevorrow. Okay. <laughs> I was not even close. Chris Tarot? Isn't that guy from Argo? <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, know. Chris Tarot. Okay, it's it's yeah. His name was, Tra- for some reason I thought it was... Colin no, Trevorrow. Not even close. Am I right that it's Colin? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was listening to the Nerdist podcast. Just to make Ronald feel better, let's say his name is Chris. <laughs> no, it's no, Chris. But I might be wrong. It might be Trevorrow. I've heard it said Trevorrow, but Colin Trevorrow, Trevorrow, it looks more yeah. like Trevorrow. It looks like Trevorrow. I, it's spelled I like it was, tomorrow. I you know, thought the, it was Trevorrow, but yeah. I, you're, you're probably right. You're usually right, John. Um, but no, actually, I think if we go back... <laughs> we'll find that I've been like 50-50. I just have confidence with what I'm saying. You definitely. Uh, right. But no, okay, yeah. No, I think the director talks a great game about what he was doing with this movie. Yeah. But I just don't know that it quite comes across I on the I don't think so either, but I think that... Well, talk the, a little bit about what he was saying, because it is the, interesting. Well, the choice, the choice to make Chris a little more serious in it and make him a little more campy mm-hmm. speaks to the way that this movie should have been handled. I think that, like... Obviously, the first one was incredible. It was it it it, it was like lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. in the way that it captured the mystique behind the park and all the things that kind of built up, and it it <clears throat> had to it had to touch on that sort of danger that happened, mm-hmm. but it had to do it in a different way. And I yeah. think it captured it the way that it should have. And I think that so it went off the rails in a way that I enjoyed. So like I think it took a more sci-fi channel. Mm-hmm. sort of approach to a theme park and, and craziness and the fights that happen towards the end and people being thrown in the air by like dinosaurs and stuff like that. I feel like the first one wouldn't have done that at all. It's just too goofy. But this movie kind of really took a tone, stuck stuck with it. And I thought that it did it really well. Yeah. Whether it was it wasn't the best movie, but there was something I, I could watch this movie again, and I Easily. can't wait to watch it at home. I, I yeah. I, I with like a group of people, this will be one of those movies that I can watch again. I I wouldn't mind buying, and, and it's 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 something about it, like kind of the way that like we talked about Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street to me is not that great of a movie overall. Mm-hmm. But you could watch that shit with people, and it would be the most hilarious experience ever. There's something about the experience that I had when I watched. I can it in see the that. I can. See, I, I didn't know where you were going with that, but I can kind of see that. As far yeah, as yeah, like, it's like something it's, fun about. And and it does. Yeah, I mean, I think that like people, the second one did have some great moments in it. Yeah, like yeah. had some great set pieces and stuff. And I think the second one had like one of the cruel like. There's there's a few deaths in these movies that are very, very memorable. You're mentioning the person that got thrown around by yeah. the dinosaurs. Like that, I don't know if I quite felt like that character 
was quite deserving. Like in my no, mind, I, me like I, I, if if that had happened to the Vincent Vincent D'Onofrio's character, that felt appropriate. But like I didn't quite see, like that felt like it was it was really. <laughs> gruesome like to see the character get thrown around a bunch of times and then drown and then thrown back up in the air and stuff i just felt like this is these movies take place in that moral universe where you like to see that kind of bad stuff happen to bad people and here was a person that really didn't do anything wrong that that sort of happened to that actually stuck it was hard for me to accept that like in the next beat we're supposed to think it's cute that they're kissing or whatever it felt like no we just saw something incredibly horrible happen that was very weird and it didn't feel like it mattered and then later i almost felt like the main bad guy got off a little easy you know with it kind of cutting away before the velociraptor attacks him or whatever but i i feel like the movie is a little bit dodgy with its tone in that respect but if you're talking about just in terms of giving you those kind of watchable moments and and exciting moments if like me you still Get excited when you see dinosaurs. You know, it's like there. It's 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 That's, hard to beat that. Yeah. And and it's nice to see a movie that does have giant reptiles in it and not and not you know ev- like I don't know some a superhero. Of, well, in a sense. God I, damn it! Thank I, you, Steve. You're welcome. Fuck superhero movies. See, for I don't a little know. Bit. I don't, for see, a little bit. See, but I don't under. I don't know. I think that people are acting like they've seen more superhero movies than they've seen. Like you don't have There's to. There's a lot them, of you know? them, though. I mean, like it, I don't know. I, I, I you, mean, you don't have to see them, but you we don't see have them. them. Yeah, but they're right. around. You know, I well, don't have. But to... That's what I'm saying. We go see them. Yeah. But also, it's like, but if if I didn't like superhero movies, you know what I wouldn't do? Go see them. I like to see people get punched in the face, and you cannot find <laughs> that in any other movie but superhero <laughs> movies nowadays. I like to see people get punched square in the face. Yeah. It's the thing I have. But to what you're saying, yes, it's nice to see a movie that is giving you that. Like, I wouldn't want to see another Jurassic Park movie, like, next summer, you know? No. But maybe right, in a couple yeah, years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I also don't know where they can go with it now. I honestly don't know what the next step really? would be. Like, because at some point it's just dinosaurs running around in the real world or something. It's They're not... just killing people. People are just dying at this point. But they like, can't open another park at this point. Yeah. What, uh, yeah the park's closed. Yeah, the park's closed. Forever, so then what? I hope. Like, so then what? They got to come up with another reason to go back to the island or they got to the dinosaurs? I'm just saying I don't see how they can make this series bigger and better, as, which is what you do with sequels, without just making it utterly ridiculous. Like, I expect there to be, you know, there was talk of human-dinosaur hybrids. Did you see that the art? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying I don't see where else they can go other than that (laughs) at this point, unless they're going to go really simple and say like, let's have a person get stuck on this island and be by themselves and not have any of these tools or you know what I mean, like a survival, like Castaway meets Jurassic Park or something like Like that. Predator. Yeah. Something like that could be kind of fun. Yeah, I like that idea. Because I just don't think that you can go... Once you have genetically engineered dinosaurs that have basically every power, I don't see where you can go from that. Do you, you don't know what I'm saying? I get it. Well, we'll see probably. Especially now summers. that we've seen a... Uh, uh, well, you know, spoiler alert, folks. A velociraptor and a T-Rex, like, give each other a nod at one point in this film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good job, buddy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was... I was so pumped up I was I think it's cool that the T-Rex is the same T-Rex from the first movie I think that's a neat touch you know what's something cool that I didn't even realize so after I was like reading more about the movie afterwards I didn't realize that you see the T-Rex earlier in the movie Mm mm-hmm do you, want, do you want the scene I'm talking about? I feel like I I I didn't realize that when they went through the grass and they no it's like a tour that the brothers are on, like it's like one of the earlier scenes when they just start walking around, and like uh-huh. the older brothers like texting. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's and, like, and, and it's just it's just like yeah. the crest of its yeah, head yeah. just crosses through the the, the, oh, the no. skyline through the mm-hmm. through the the windows because oh, wow. everybody's and the little, everybody's covering it up. Yeah, and everybody's like, "Oh look!" And the yeah. brothers, I didn't even realize that was a T Rex. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. I, no. I don't know if he says it in the movie. I think I just completely glossed over it. Yeah. I think I did somehow know that was supposed to be the T Rex, really? but I was on the lookout for it because I'd heard that. It was Colin Trevorrow in an interview saying, 
it's Trevorrow. Uh, and then he also <laughs> said, um, he also said uh, that no, the, the T Rex was the like that they put the scars on the T Rex yeah. that would reflect that it was the one from the first that's movie. And that's I just awesome. thought, that's I just cool. thought that was kind of neat because I do feel like as far as a character that I care about from this series, I think that T Rex is up there with the human characters. You know, yeah. we've seen him go through some. Have shit. you read the theories online that the? Oh man, I should have this ready before yeah. I say this. That Chris Pratt's character is the character from Jurassic Park that, um, fuck, what's the doctor's name? Uh, which doctor? Uh, Sam, uh... Sam Neill? Neil. He plays Alan Grant. Alan. Oh, the kid at the With beginning. With the raptor yeah. claw? Yeah. Oh. But apparently, like, he's the one saying to this kid, like, that, you know, this is a raptor, and, like, talks mm-hmm. about how they kill and to respect them and all this stuff. That apparently, <laughs> there's a rumor that... Mm-hmm. A theory, rather, that that kid, timeline-wise is Chris Pratt's character in Jurassic World because he's like, I trained the rat. Yeah. And it's all about respect with this guy, too. <laughs> right. It's all respect. Is that what he said? I trained a rat. I trained a yeah. rat. And he I had his finger up like, with a little yeah. raptor claw. Like, I'm like one of them. I don't know. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I, I honestly, like, I went in a little worried because I thought the trailers were super goofy. Mm-hmm. They and were super Granted, goofy. the movie is goofy at, at times. and Or a lot of times. But I, I honestly, like, 20, 30 minutes into it, I kind of caught that. And I just kind of surfed through the whole film with it. I yeah. was like, I'm in. Like you said, Ronald, it kind of embraced it enough that yeah, I was yeah. like, it wasn't like trying to not be something else. And I was like, half hour, I'm, you got me. Like, mm-hmm. just show me the rest of this crazy world you guys built and let me see how it all falls down. Yeah. And I was in. And in the last 20 minutes, I was like a little kid again. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, 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 I talk about all the time in this podcast, like those scenes or those moments in movies that make me feel like a kid. And because of when Jurassic Park came out, like, and it was a surreal experience seeing Jurassic Park as a kid. Yeah. You know, as like a nine, ten year old. Yeah. Or something like that. It was like insane to me that you could see dinosaurs on the t- on the screen again. Or yeah. at all. At, like that was, you know, a, a first for me. Yeah. Like I'd seen some things from my dad, like some old like sci-fi movies, you know, like the horrible looking like stop motion stuff. But Jurassic Park, like, but that last scene in Jurassic World, it was like. Are you, like the T-Rex and the Raptors are working together. Like what is going on <laughs> right now? Nuts. Like this is real life. You know, it's yeah. one of those like, it's goofy. It's yeah. like so silly, but it's completely innocent to be like, fuck yeah. Let's yeah. See, do The this. thing is, I agree that I love the silliness of that and I embrace it, but I do understand why some people would look at that and say, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and I do think way. it's interesting. I do think it's interesting that the movies are set up, that that first <clears throat> movie leaned on the science <clears throat> So effectively, yeah. yeah, that it felt like it still existed under this shroud of like kind of it could happen. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at Jurassic World, we're not in the realm of it could happen. Well, they kind of like, joked about that. That's you, what I'm saying. Though, it's like, to the, but but I'm yeah. saying I think that's the main thing is you can't yeah. that you can't get that back. Yeah, the effects may have gotten better, but the sense of awe, the sense yeah. of discovery has gotten less. You know, so like it's yeah. almost hard to compare the movies. I, I feel like that's an interesting thing is that. Jurassic World does kind of stand as the most entertaining of the yeah. sequels, what? but it almost that none of them are in the same neighborhood of the first one because the first yeah. one just was. I, I mean, again, I think we were all. I think people put that movie on a pedestal because it was the first time we'd seen that marriage of the practical and the digital oh, in terms. Uh, and that's the other thing is that that movie revolutionized how we use digital effects. And what we expect from them, but it also was one of the most like that's some of the most sophisticated animatronics that have yeah. ever been made. Yeah, you know? yeah. So in that sense, I just feel like 
it's it's like even though I am guilty of comparing it, it's almost like yeah, don't even compare it to the first one. Just look at it yeah. as as you said, Steve, when when I asked you how it was, and you were like, it's a fun summer movie. Just go sit down and kind of enjoy it, you know. And that's, you know, I saw all. it with my kid and my and my wife, yeah. and we all had. You know, we we had plenty to talk about afterwards, and it was kind of fun. But it also was the kind of movie that, outside of just those big fun moments, it yeah. kind of slides off your brain. Like I had to be reminded. I heard someone on a on a critic on a show, and they played a clip of dialogue between Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard that, like, stripped of the visuals and everything. It was it was <laughs> so good. clunky and corny. It was yeah. all that stuff about Would you like to go consult in my bungalow? Yeah, all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. That feels like it's a ten year old boy's <clears throat> idea. Of what a cool guy is, you oh, know, yeah. and I just yeah. feel like maybe the movie could have done better than that and could have shot higher than okay. that with with the dialogue, sure. you know, with the characters. Sure. But but I don't think that it's for lack of trying, you know. Yeah. I, I think this one was a lot more like a parody of us. Like it felt like it was like all the stuff was literally <laughs> like that. The stuff that you're talking about, mm-hmm. not one up in it, was literally the commentary about like making the park better. That mm-hmm. wasn't. It was yeah. a park, yes, but it was like our expectations. Of this movie, like, I, like, how That's many true. times I, can you be surprised about a dinosaur in a movie? Mm-hmm. And there was like this parallel sort of storyline about how the customers felt about it too. Yeah. It's like That's us. True. That's a good point. Us, it was weird. It was weirdly kind of. It was, it, but 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 little things bug me. Like, so okay, so attendance is falling out, off at the park, but it doesn't seem like attendance is falling off <laughs> yeah. at the park. Well, that's talking about John. How- you like perspective. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see the numbers, John. Right. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> but I guess that's how it is when you're like that's that's that capitalist sort of thing where like money is money is this is not enough money. We got to double the performance that we had last year. Double it. Yeah. Triple it. And it was cool that it. But this movie to- is like saying, isn't this interesting? Uh, while they're also. Taking your money. I'm just saying, I feel like that's oh, a, it's yeah. a dangerous tightrope yeah. to walk, you know. Yeah. But it's it comes off, if what you're saying, it kind of comes off with like a slightly satirical yeah, tone to it. I do think that was a, that was, that was a kind of a welcome aspect of it to me. It was mm-hmm. that at least it had something on its mind, you know. Yeah. But as I was saying before, it took a head, but I would say go right ahead to everybody to go out and see the next movie I'm feeling <laughs> we're going to talk about. Unless we have anything else to say about Jurassic World. <laughs> question marks here with your kids alright so how do you feel about that can we talk about that before we talk about how great the movie is yeah, how do you feel about seeing this with a, a kid which one Jurassic World or Inside no, Out no Inside Out uh, well uh... we so the screening the screening I mean I think a made kid me would feel love weird it, about but, it but I think that like it wasn't it, you, you're right well your observation was there weren't a lot of kids laughing. Yeah, there were a bunch of kids. There were a bunch right? of kids at the screen, but there was kids. not a lot of kid laughter. Really? At Almost the movie. Yeah. 50% kids, right? But it didn't seem like they weren't interested. It wasn't like yeah, they yeah. were all talking and not not into the movie. But, uh, and I, if, just in case, to be absolutely clear, we're talking about Pixar's new Inside Out, which a lot of people are saying might be the best Pixar film ever. Oh, wow. I find it hard to do wow. that because I feel like, you, it, you know, it's like, yeah, we still have to look at. Um, I don't know the revolutionary aspect of something like Toy Story. Yeah, uh, or, yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like I it's hard to it. touch. Yeah. But it's but I would say this is the first Pixar movie in a long time that has made me think. It's got that perfectly conceived aspect to it, like Toy Story. So the, yeah. so we're, that's the movie we're talking about. A very well yeah. received movie that is like it's almost like shooting fish in a barrel to say, okay, we're gonna go see a Pixar movie and see if it's good or not. But you know they've kind of fallen off in recent years. Even if some of the movies have been good, they haven't had that. 
perfection to them and then yeah. they've done a lot of sequels and a lot of the movies they have announced now are right. sequels and it's like yeah. not a very inspiring thing and so when this movie came out honestly the trailers didn't interest me that much Same the concept didn't all. interest me that much it sounded like it was i mean it made me think of like herman's head yeah and a friend yeah. of mine even said it didn't look good to me after i saw it and i said you should check it out and i was like you know the commercials didn't sell it to me either what sold it to me was everybody saying it's great go yeah. see it and you saying it's great yeah. yeah and when i sat down to go see it it was like almost within five minutes they dispense with the Herman's head aspect. Like it's not really about, oh, this person's life and the choices they make based on these person these personalities inside their head. It's much more like it's much more about joy versus sadness and and like what the roles of those two things are in your life. And the other emotions are more like specialty emotions that you need for certain yeah. times. But I was impressed at how quickly it got away from that concept that I wasn't that interested in into something really subtle and touching about just, you know, uh, what makes those what makes a memory. Like, it's much more about memory than it is about emotions in that sense. Like, it's much more about, like, how these memories are ingested and how, they're, how, yeah. you, how you lean on your memories and stuff. It, so, it felt like... So to answer your question though, is it too heavy for it's, a kid? It's heavy. I don't think it's too heavy uh, for a kid, but I don't think that I, I I found myself thinking I think Henry would love this, mm -hmm. but I don't know what what he would get about it or what he, like I would want to see it with him and yeah. then afterwards say what did you think because I honestly don't know what a kid would pull from that. I know what an adult pulls from that. Yeah. Uh, the nostalgia that it makes you think about with your own childhood and your own family and and just those moments where you kind of ceased being a kid and became something different. I think that's really really yeah. deep and obviously Pixar is kind of fixated on that I, I think it the first thing I thought about after I'd seen it is uh, making really complicated things palatable for everybody this yeah, reminded so me of amazing, like man. watching it reminded me of when I used to watch Schoolhouse Rock mm -hmm. I'd watch three like two three episodes and realize that I had learned so much and it was done in a fun way. Like I was literally like, I remember hearing some of this stuff in science class. Yeah. In psychology class, in a way that was so much harder for me to understand than this story. Yeah. And watching this story explain those things. Yeah. Words like synapse and stuff like that being used in a kid's movie. And in a way that was cool. It blew my fucking mind. But there's man. also like a visual cue yeah, when they use yeah. words like that that you see something happening that you you understand uh, what that word yeah, is. Yeah. Yes, yes. <clears throat> and that and that is what, that's what Schoolhouse Rock did for me as a kid. And and like any any cartoon that I watched that explained yeah. really complicated things mm -hmm. and simplified them in a way that I could understand even about emotions and how we process emotions. Yeah, that's why I think it's it, like a kid could watch it and because it makes I don't I think that I think that it's 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 an insult for somebody to think that kids only kids have to have things explained to them like that. I think that we not as adults. All. Oh no, I, no, it, well, you know, all. it's like you 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 ha you're hitting yeah. the nail on the head there because it's both what they're trying to explain, which yeah. is tricky, it's but it's tricky. also the Pixar kind of world building machine the way that they can you can see if you're watching like one of those good pixar films like the first few minutes every line of dialogue is like making you go oh 
I kind of see what the rules of this world are going to be. And by the time in this film, I mean, I guess, I don't know, maybe we're, I don't think we're going to spoil this movie, but we might talk about some things that aren't apparent from the trailer. So I guess at this point, if you haven't seen Inside Out, go see it. If you're not afraid of some light spoilage, keep listening, because I don't think we're going to spoil plot happenings, but certain okay. things with this movie, you can't even refer to them, in my mind, without spoiling certain, because I didn't know anything. All I knew was there's these five emotions. Yeah, yeah, I didn't definitely. know there was going to be any of this kind of uh, landscape of mm -hmm. the mind and like the sort of fantasy world of what's going on inside this head is so well worked out and that's when it started to feel like pixar to me that when you started seeing the different islands of the personality yeah it's like because you could sort of see where that was going to go and you could see how it's like oh these different islands are there's going to be trouble they're going to come and go i mean you could just you didn't know yeah. what was going to happen but you knew that it was going to go for like pixar always goes for that where does it hurt yep and this notion of childhood's end or this notion of the changing relationship between the parents and the kids. And when you go from being able to do a certain kind of goofy joke with your kid to not. Or when you're a kid and you go from <clears throat> feeling good and happy about things to feeling like, you know, obviously in the movie it's a it's a, it's a a change in the, the girl's life. And we haven't mentioned her name yet, Riley, the character. Um, you know, it's a really simple story as, that they spiral out with these really complicated ideas that you're saying, but the way that this starts off, just the whole premise of the, the memories and how they're stored and how the memories have different colors that are coded to the different people, you get so much across in a few minutes that just tells you, like, these are the parameters, these are the rules of this world, and when I, that's when I throw it back to Toy Story. Like, in that movie, you've, you, there's a little bit of setting up the rules, but by the time you get, oh, these toys have a life, they have a hierarchy, and whenever... A, people are around they act like toys but that you know you get that really quickly you get what the rules are and i thought this movie was brilliant at putting me in this world and then from there it was like watching i felt like i was watching wizard of oz for the yeah. first time or something where it's like <clears throat> totally. it's a new kind of adventure story across this little girl's brain yeah i did not expect that aspect of it at all i thought it was mm. going to totally be like them at the console what emotion is she going to show but it's much more about the inner life and much less about the outer life of the character i thought that was really cool and one more thing i realized at some point that Pixar had done it to me again when there was just a, a some little subtle moment early in the film where Riley does something makes a face or something yeah. I realized I love this character yeah. you know like <clears throat> that I, I felt like she was real I felt I felt like they made her just unexpected enough or just off the beaten path enough like she's not a super girly girl but she's not like super tomboyish I, you know I just thought it was neat that they they de they developed this character that you totally believe in her specificity but you also believe that she's like a stand-in for all of us. When you go into those inner workings, you can relate to her completely, even if you're not an 11-year-old girl who loves hockey, you know? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I just thought, yeah, that, that's what I have to say about Riley. <laughs> I think that if in a month or so, if we see... So I, I, I'm not saying this as an insult. In a month or so, if we see these characters on T-shirts mm -hmm. and, and plush dolls... I think they've gotten away with the greatest crime ever, ever, which is like crime. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's they're taking something really sophisticated. They, they performed a great magic trick. Like yeah, a trick. yeah, but yeah, it is it trick. is kind of like a it's kind of a crime a little bit. What's like, criminal about it? Crimi it's something criminal about breaking all those hearts. Someone being that good. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a crime that yeah. he's masterful at yeah, storytelling. Yeah, that masterful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I got you. That no, I, I got that you. We're going to convict them of the crime of being masterful <laughs> yeah. storytellers. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> this is not a movie that should have worked at all. What? What do you know? You know the story of this? Inside Out, Inside Out, Up, Cars, and one other film were presented at the same time. Mm -hmm. It took 10 years to make this movie. Because mm -hmm. the reason I know is because uh, one of the guys that works at Under Armour... 
um, the branding guy uh, deals with a lot of, of companies. So one of the studios is Pixar. And they were talking about how hard they had worked for 10 years, mm-hmm. a little over 10 years to make mm-hmm. this story palatable because they had the idea, but it didn't make any sense the way that, it, you know, the original ideas, the way that another studio would have handled something like this. Mm-hmm. And they took their time and it shows it's it's like the it's like a magic trick almost watching the story unfold in a way that makes sense. I've heard it compared to a crime. It is a crime. It is a serious. <laughs> I mean that, man. No, I know what you're saying. It's, it's something almost, like, almost it's like it'd be criminal about to be like, yes, we got you to love this on a simple yeah, level of it like shouldn't... it's appealing characters and it's a fun little story. But what it's yeah. actually talking about is so deep. so heavy, and it shouldn't be something that should be palatable the way that they made it palatable for little kids. And it's criminal how good it is, and it should yeah. be celebrated. It's a really amazing movie. So I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think it's always like there's always like a like to go to this film like the terms like yeah. these core emotions. Yeah, every Pixar movie like hits on those core emotions, and yeah. somehow like this movie seems to hit on all of like. If you think about the Pixar movies, there's certain emotions like, you know, whether it's Toy Story and your relationship, your childhood, your like, you know, your connection to the things that made you happy as a child, you know, or mm-hmm. it's like up and. The idea of love and loss and adventure and, you know, going for, like, the highest highest mountain you can find. Yeah. You know, like, these emotional things that, they in certain movies, they've kind of hit on them. Mm-hmm. And some movies, it's one. Some movies, it's more. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this movie, like, they really hit on all of them. You know, there's a lot. There's And it's a lot of, it, there's a lot of uh, parallels to, like, the core emotions that Riley has in this movie. Yeah. And I just think that is just, like, the most amazing thing. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with what John said about, like, completely mismarking this movie going into it. Mm-hmm. I felt or, like... Or, or were, they, <clears throat> were they trying to preserve the surprises? <clears throat> I don't know. I think maybe, but I feel like that's a gamble because I feel like they could be showing some things that are from the... Because I, to, I told my friend, I, I didn't ruin anything, but when my friend, who's an animation buff, said he didn't didn't have an interest in this one, and I said I told him a little bit about it. I said, "There's this whole other thing they're not showing you." He was interested, yeah. so you might be right that it was like maybe maybe a gamble, maybe word of mouth plus the Pixar brand plus it's a new family movie yeah. at a time when everyone's taking their kids. I mean, maybe it will yeah. still work out for the movie, oh, but yeah. it'd be a real shame if. I mean, because if it if it doesn't do gangbusters at the box office, I think we can all look at the marketing and say, yes, it, it was poorly Absolutely. marketed. Yeah, Absolutely, it was. And that that that's the only thing that I can think is that you know it's just like I had. It's like trying to keep it in perspective. It's like I had mild expectations, mainly off of what you just said, mm-hmm. the Pixar brand, and like mm-hmm. I trust it. Yeah, you know, I doubt I'm going to be disappointed. Right. But going in, I had no idea where this movie was going to go. And literally like what you just said like in the in the first 5 minutes I remember t- turning to Aaron and just being like at least four times I was like holy shit like yeah. that I literally <laughs> said that to her I was like that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Like when they're showing the memory dump every day and yeah. the dominant colors and then like how that one thing happens and it goes to a core emotion like like mother like how did and then that just later happen? when you see that a core emotion that core memory can be changed. Yes. And that and, and that it's not changed. It's that the same memory contains both both sides. Like when she kind of rewinds and and goes for and you see like the like the sadness is what allows us to to have empathy and compassion and yeah. it's really not an enemy that of scene, joy. When, it's when, like, we, when we see that memory replayed yeah. 
I I I was I was like I'm gonna lose control of my emotions yeah. in the theater because <laughs> yeah. I thought that was so moving. Anyone listening that hasn't seen it, there's a moment where you discover like there's a there's a memory that's like that that ties together the two lead characters of sadness and joy in a in a way that you weren't even much expecting or demanding. Like even if, yeah. as just funny characters that bounce off each other, they were it'd, it be, fun, it'd be fun to watch yeah. them interact. Mm. But seeing how they affect Riley it was the was the real surprise there yeah. and being so affected by it but also you're seeing that within this crazy world where i don't know the, our window into their world i thought it was really interesting that the emotions don't really understand in general the full picture of of our life yeah you know so it's oh, like yeah. joy is uh has been there with riley from the beginning but she's also she doesn't know. I don't know. I just thought that was a really interesting little note that just kind of crept in there to say that, like, this character, who reminded me a lot of Leslie Nope, actually, uh, yeah. just because she's, like, this overachieving, positive energy that doesn't realize when they're steamrolling people, but but believes that if everyone would just do things my way, everything oh, totally. would be fine. Totally. I thought that was neat. I mean, it reminded me of Woody from Toy Story, not to keep making that comparison, but, mm. like, here's a character who has a world, and here's how things are working in this world, and you see how, like... This character is trying to maintain this world and maybe needs to loosen their grip on on what they've what they treasure, you know. Yeah. yeah. And in this case, it's it's. I mean, you find yourself thinking about just the genius of of them of choosing an eleven year old because that's the perfect end of it's, childhood it's moment. Yep. But it's not. I mean, I don't really want to see. I you know, it's it'd be too easy for them to sequelize this and just say now she's a teenager, now she's a grown woman. But I love that they chose eleven, mm-hmm. and I hope that they don't go too far beyond that because I thought it was brilliant to say we're not going to show love, death, the whole life tragedy. We're not going to do the first 10 minutes of Up where you you show the whole yeah. <laughs> life. You know, I, I honestly thought maybe we're going to see like a lot more of this character's life, but 11 is such a perfect point to pick yeah. because that's when you're starting to grow out of that childhood, but you're not ready to really... You still need your parents and you still need that sense of family. And and it, that is when your emotions, if they were personified, would be the most confused about like what the hell is going on. Yeah. I just love that they don't know what's coming. You know that they don't like <laughs> that they are like these weird beings that seem to exist outside of human experience, but they don't seem to have yeah. any in, information about about the a larger plot. They're they're caught up in it at the moment, and you yeah. know like they're also like like fear gets scared by the nightmares. You know I thought that was a great little beat, and I love that uh, anger becomes like this little self-defeating you know again very much the way we anger is in our own lives it's like he's kind of ineffectual and self-defeating but he's also like useful in a few moments i just thought that was it was super clever i mean clever in the way that makes you like tear up (laughs) because it's so well thought out in in a criminal way in a criminal way it makes me super jealous that like this is possible and yeah like i mean the fact that like staff writing it scares me like if 15 people writing something yeah yeah but 15 people writing it in a Pixar staff seems like gold. Like yeah, taking you, the time to make really yeah, the make expectations this, there. Yeah, having it weave like a complicated story, weaving it out of these cool characters and having it unfold the way that it did, and it's visually beautiful. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm like trying so hard. I really don't. I don't know. Like I can't think of. I, there's no criticism I can give this film. Not, I, only, I've the, really thought about this to I'm talk sure about tonight. I don't. I'm struggling. The only criticism I have is that I don't believe that a modern man would have that mustache. 
that her father has. That, it was so interesting. It was really such a well, he did. He, he did. Where did they come from, though? They come Minnesota? from Minnesota. Right? So keep yeah. that. Let's, well, yeah. let's keep perspective. Well, I, I, and I will say, if he this, stayed in San Francisco or wherever they went for a little longer, that probably would yeah. come off. I will say this too: that like the the parents are very. It's a very old fashioned vision of like a family in terms of what the parents are like and the fact mm-hmm. that it's the dad that works and the mom seems to be staying at home <clears throat> with the kid right but the fact that they're also obsessed with hockey i mean there were certain things that made them specific but i did i, I did i mean again as a guy who doesn't give two shits about sports mm-hmm. the one moment where we kind of cut inside the dad's brain and there it's like a sports environment i felt like well they lost me i identify much more with the 11 year old girl than i do with the the grown man in yeah. the story yeah but some of that stuff was still very funny with like the little Nonverbal communication at the table when the, yeah. when the dad that look that he's got on his face when he's trying to figure out what's going on and she's like he's doing that stupid look again I thought that was really funny so it's like in the few places where I thought it was like oh they went for the easy joke it still worked for me because I loved it every time they would then go to a new character's inner life I almost was like that I mean again if they want to sequelize it that's where you can go hog wild with this concept is just bring on all the other emotions and all the other inner lives that people and creatures and, you know, yeah, the, the, dogs the, the and cats. Credits yeah, the post-credits were like, uh, I thought they were hilarious. But very Some clever. and Yeah, pl- lots of material. And, and if anyone's, yeah, was afraid of the Herman's Head thing, definitely not. It's not the, the no, it's not, not the, the, the bone dry, simple version of this concept. It starts out there and then... I mean, literally, what it starts off at the very with her, the character's <clears throat> birth, essentially, and within a few minutes, you've got this whole her, world. this whole populated world with it's characters, awesome. and, and I loved it. And you do get this, I don't know, you yeah, you you believe it, and and every little new thing they added when they're out on their adventure, and they would meet like different characters, and you would realize how that relates to both the story and the narrative, and then you step back and what the how that relates to something that happens in your own brain all the time, like the whole gag about like pushing certain memories up for no reason like when they're like we're going to send this one up to the front yeah, for no reason yeah, okay. and why something suddenly pops in your head from a few years ago I just think yeah. that's so and there's one character too that's a complete surprise if not featured in any marketing materials that I I expect to be like in all of the previews that come out next week you know the character I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. Yeah. that if you're looking for where the Pixar uh, heart tugging uh, tragedy is going to come from yeah. this character his voice on top of everything else, yeah. made me love him so much. Yeah, He's... super lovable, and yeah, but uh, but uh, with that character having like maybe a, a tragic turn, um, it I again I know I'm, I already alluded to this, but I thought it was great that it wasn't the parents getting a divorce yeah. or somebody dying or uh, a love <clears throat> lost or something. It's a very <clears throat> simple story that happens within you. You can believe that an 11 year old would do all the things that the 11 year old does in this movie. Yeah. I, because I mean, I guess that's the thing. Growing really is. Just as traumatic. Yeah, it's 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 a taxing thing, man. It's like, it's cool seeing that. It's and the moment where the where they find where she finds out she's not not so alone. I mean, again, I find that to be like that the 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 center of family in the movie is, I think, a very sweet part of it because yeah. you do the. It's not about the mom or the dad, but you get just enough of them to yeah. to understand their their you know their inner workings too. So. Yeah, it's so good. So, is it the best, uh, the best Pixar film? I don't know the best, but it's one of the best. Well, I mean, well, well, what are we saying are the best Pixar <clears throat> films then? Uh, I think Toy Story definitely has to be in there. Yeah. Um, I think. See, I put. I think Toy Story and Toy Story Three are oh. both like. <laughs> it's hard for me to pick. Hey, really, Toy Story Two is great too. All yeah. three of them are great, but the first and third are like so yeah. on par with one another. It's ridiculous. Well, the third is the one that that rips your heart out 
stomps on it, puts it back in, rips it out. I mean, like oh, yeah. that one has three or four crescendos of of me going ah! in the theater. <laughs> this movie was subtler. Inside Out was subtler. It didn't have like yeah. one moment, but it had two or three moments that felt like, oh boy, that 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 resonated with me, you know. Like the scene where she stands up in the classroom <laughs> and, and oh, she's yeah. trying to keep a brave face yeah. on being the new kid in school and she kind of falls apart a little bit. Like that yeah. scene got me, but it but it didn't get me in that way that left me devastated. When the scene was over, I felt like, oh good, let's move on from that from that yeah. awkward moment. And it's also useful in this movie that you can cut to the little characters inside her head. So what she's experiencing might be tragic or sad, but but what you know, there's comedy to be found by just showing Yeah. So yeah, what else? The Incredibles? Well, I, I, you know, I love the Incredibles, I like the Incredibles, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that on my top. See, it's not one that resonates as much with me either. But a lot of people seem to put that. Like, up right obviously was, I, I love Up. See, Up, I would say Up though. It's like I think most people think about the first ten minutes of Up when they talk about Up. Like the rest of Up is great, but it's crazy. It doesn't have that like <laughs> this is crazy. how it had to happen quality. It's more like it's what's impressive about Up to me is just how many of how crazy it goes, how off the beaten path it goes. Yeah. But yeah, that's a very moving one. I think. You know, honestly, I feel like I, I would have to have Inside Out would be hanging around without re- mentioning Toy Story three with Toy Story. So mm-hmm. one of those two. Yeah. I'd also have to have Finding Nemo, and I'd oh, also yeah. have to have Wally. Yeah. Those would probably be like around my f- like my top th- four ish, something like that. For me, it's, I it's about Cars two and Bugs Life all the way. Oh. Not not planes. <laughs> Oh man, if I could technically that's Disney, but if yeah. that were Pixar, you know it would be at the top of my list. <laughs> no, I think I agree with you. I think Toy Story series. was like a, was like a was like a a brand new thing and yeah. a perfect idea yeah. and perfectly executed. Yeah. And and actually still sort of the standard by which because I remember when I was selling uh, Inside Out to a friend, I said that Amy Poehler kind of carries this movie the same way that Tom Hanks carried Toy Story. Mm. Definitely. Like, the tone comes so much from this performer and what they're able to do. And yeah, I mean, Amy Poehler, how, how great is Amy Poehler She's really good. in this movie? I didn't even know it was her. Yeah. I, I didn't, for some reason, I didn't hear it in her voice. I was like, mm. man, this <laughs> who is this female amazing? lead is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to give her a, a much beloved but underrated uh, <laughs> network series for seven years. Louis Black's voice yeah. is angry. Well, it's like, and I thought I was sick of him being angry, but this is the perfect way to yeah. use him, which yeah, is like, cool. you know, he's as a cute little embodiment of anger. But yeah. what, what would you have in your tops yeah. what, what, besides Toy Story? I forgot about Finding Nemo being a Pixar movie. So yeah. Finding Nemo, yeah. Up. I, I do love Up as well. Yeah. Up so special. I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to take it off the list because... Have but, a whole, why don't we do an episode of Pixar? Yeah. yeah. We should do that. Yeah. Not go I, too deep. I like movies where people are almost falling or almost tripping for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. something about up and like the shifts and uh, 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 I, I don't know why that makes me laugh. You know, Inside so Out hard. had that too, though, where it's yeah, like it there were so many moments where you thought, "Oh, I see how they're gonna have them solve this problem," and it would go wrong. It's like yeah. more than any movie I can think of recently, Inside <laughs> Out. Throws the characters a solution that yeah, doesn't work they out. Fail. Yeah. It throws them a solution that doesn't work out, and it yeah. keeps going that way. And I did not expect. I mean, to me, that's almost like that's like good. That's like what they do on Breaking Bad or a show like that, where you show the situation and then you see how it spirals out of control. To keep making things unworkable, 
for the characters and keep them going actually takes a lot of skill because most movies only have a couple of you know what I mean most movies only have a couple of ways things can go wrong but this movie was like oh it went wrong then it went right then it went wrong then it went right and it was you know I mean about three quarters of the way into it I was honestly going are they ever gonna are they ever gonna (laughs) figure this out like I mean or is the point gonna be that they don't but you know even the lesser Pixar films like um, something like Monsters University has like a cool has a cool message to it like in that movie the message was you can't do you can't do everything you want to do. Yeah. You can't always be excellent at things that you're not meant to be excellent at, or something like that. You it's know, about it's like Monsters Inc. or no, Monsters University. Oh, okay. Monsters yeah. Inc. is but, up I mean, there. Then. It's it's an, it's like you know what I'm saying. There's, yeah. Pixar movies usually have a subtle moral, whether you mm. agree with them or not. But there's usually like something subtle that goes on in that. And I think that this movie is is just like a, the pinnacle of that. Where what they get at when when they get at it, it actually feels like oh, of course. At the beginning, when you're watching it and you're seeing all the different colored emotions or different colored memories, you feel like, yeah, that's how it is. But the movie like tells you something that you did that you already knew at the end, which is that yeah, memories are not just one thing, yeah. you know. Um, but no, I think that's so. Monsters Inc. <clears throat> is, is up there for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, really I love like Monsters Inc., but I don't know that it would be in my top. Five. It's hard for me to separate Monsters Inc from just Henry because like he loved that film and so I saw it a bunch more mm. than I might have seen it otherwise but I think right. it's I think it's really clever and kind of perfect in that way but I, if we're talking about the absolute best I don't know that it it's like I, it definitely is a, a notch below Inside Out and Toy Story for me the only one I haven't seen is Wally. oh my god never seen that movie do you like Wally or you know I haven't seen it since the first time I saw it I remember really loving the first like 30 minutes or whatever when it was when it was just Wally. like that part was <clears throat> fantastic to me yeah you should rewatch that or check it out. Okay, you know? it's got to be in the top three for me. I mean, I, I feel like yeah. that movie is the most ambitious. I mean, even even if after talking about Inside Out like this, I just feel like Wally is like the most ambitious Pixar movie. Wow. Like the first 20, 30 minutes, literally talking about how we destroy the Earth. Mm-hmm. Like that's just what you know. Like yeah. Pixar movies going to be about that. And I think you know, with the with the exception of the preamble and up, like the best love story of any. Pixar movie is is Wally and Eve. I think. Yeah. You know, I I don't know what you compare otherwise, but mm. it's just I think Wally is just a gem for sure. Um, yeah, I'd probably go Toy Story, Wally, Finding Nemo, Inside Out is hanging out in the top five for sure. Yeah. I think under an under uh unsung hero or what? Yeah. I do look really like the Incredibles, but I feel like one that's always overlooked is Ratatouille. Ratatouille. I was just about to say. Yeah. I think I like Ratatouille really better than I do the Incredibles, actually. I think I do like, as well. Because I, I think what it gets at emotionally, again, it's that Pixar thing of the interesting moral. What what it's about is like that moment of inspiration and that moment of finding that thing you love. And yep. the way it hinges on the critic yeah. like rediscovering his passion for food. Yeah. Instead, It's like... That's again a very unexpected little arc, but arc. that's what I remember from that movie Definitely. is like the joy that you take in something that you know something about it and you can appreciate it. You know, Definitely. like that's such a, I mean, again, a heavy notion. Like I don't even know that a kid would get that from it. You know, yeah. um, but no, Ratatouille is probably that's the skill underrated. though. Is like you know that's what they're so masterful at is which is kind of wrapping that really heavy subject yeah. in something that is. You know, it's like a pill pocket. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, there's a yeah. tough pill you got to swallow, but if it's wrapped in that sweetness, yeah, it's, you it can, can work. get it. it can and, work. uh, <laughs> that, that, excuse me, that's just what I think they're just like ridiculous. Definitely go ahead. Inside Out is a must see. What'd you think about the short? 
I thought it was adorable. Yeah. I thought it was so adorable. <laughs> it was super sad. It made me so good. sad because I don't think we're going to be able to go to Hawaii for a honeymoon. And it was like, mm-hmm. son of a bitch, now I want to go. <laughs> it makes me like, very bitter that we can't go. Yeah. Super cute. Knowing Pixar, <clears throat> I was like, is he going to be stuck down at the bottom of the ocean? And the whole premise is going to be she's singing his song, and that that's like the yeah, happy ending. Yeah. And then when it turned out to be happier than that, I was like, oh, they sold out. This could have been <laughs> this could have been like a tearjerker, but maybe they didn't need to have everybody like in tears at the beginning of uh, yeah. of that movie. Yeah, well, I mean, we may have just done it, but maybe in the future we'll do a maybe. I think in November after Good Dinosaur comes out, maybe we'll yeah. maybe we'll do a look back at Pixar and actually come up with a, like a ranking. That'd be awesome. You know, I would love to do that. Yeah. Me too. Because I love most of their movies, so that would be a challenge. <laughs> what about Cars? We can call it Picking Not on Pixar. So, much. <laughs> so shitty, right? No. <laughs> what What was it about the? It just didn't hit for me. Like it was. Yeah, Cars. No, I'm all right with personifying things. Like I'm all right with that. Just fucking Cars. It's a confusing really? world is why because it's like it still doesn't make sense that there were no people, <laughs> but that's a people. You know what I mean? I think that's one of the things. I think that movie like offends. People face cars. It offends some logic circuit that you have yeah. wondering where the humans are. You know, yeah. and I know there's that that whole. There's a big. I don't like theories. I don't like fan theories about how movies fit oh together. My God, I, I hate love that. it. I hate. I it. love it, John. Well, okay, okay. If 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 you love it because you think that that's actually what's going on, then I, you can get out of my house. If you, if you love, if you love <laughs> you it because it's the, fun to ponder the connections out. between these films. Why are you so old and bitter, John? <laughs> but because I hate when someone Obviously says it's fun. I hate when someone says I figured it out. I figured. Okay, you see what Isn't I'm saying. Is it related to yeah. Toy yeah. Story? I got it. I got Toy Story, right? Isn't it like. Vaguely related to Toy Story. Oh yeah, the whole thing is that it takes place in the in the same world, and someone's worked out how. But that's the, yeah. If you want to look at Cars, what's odd is that it's so clearly a world built for people, but there are no people in it. So it does suggest some kind of like mass extinction event that's just not part of the universe of the movies, you know. <laughs> but like, why would Cars be built like Cars if they were the sentient creatures of that world? Yeah, let's not even get into it. What's the point of all that grain? Is it just to make fuel? I, I don't even. I don't even know. John, you need to get sleeping. I'm, getting... I'm getting lightheaded, guys. <laughs> oh, no, cars, Cars 2, Monsters University. You didn't like Monsters University? I mean, here's the thing. We're talking about these films like they're like crap. Yeah. They're not, they're not crap. These, these are like you know, top perspective. tier movies. Like, they're better than most other animated movies. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, I'll say that, but I mean... Monsters I don't University... think that Cars is, though. I don't think that Cars or Cars 2 are even remotely I think Cars movies. is probably maybe better than Monsters University. Mm. This is going to be a good episode. You're pushing. Yeah. Your, I love uh, it. We come, need to have this episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Power so, rankings. What about yeah. Bugs Life? That's, that's towards the bottom. I feel like it's aged <laughs> poorly, and I haven't seen it that much. How about Brave? I liked Brave. See, I, I have Brave towards the bottom. See, I like Brave a lot. So, yeah. Okay. So good. We have an idea for November. Yeah. Let's yeah, do yeah. this. That's a good one. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. Whoa, though. this what an episode. Yeah, what, what an a... episode. Sheesh. Ronald, you're not getting home yeah. when you thought you were going to get home. No. Um, so we can talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but guys, thanks so much for listening. Movieshmovie.net.com <laughs> is on its way. Oh, man, .com is so on its, its way. It's so close, it's so dude. Close. It's so close. Um, and yeah, I don't got nothing else. So uh, as always. You've made us brave. Brave. There you go. I liked it. I liked it. Bye.